0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. All eyes are back on the gridiron, and his teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Believe BLEAV. Believe to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing. Write to your favorite Vegas Casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick 'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, Believe, B L E A V, Believe Football Pick 'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'Em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What up? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 460. I'm joined by my man, Jay Della, this evening, better known as Jordan Della Valley. You can find us both on Twitter at Sky Guasco and Jay Della Valley with an E, not a Y, 7. Jay Della Valley 7. We are going to recap our uh, terrible performances from our Eagles and 49ers, and we will get into all of the other Sunday and Monday night action in our week three recap and then jordan is going to give you one or two things from each team that he's looking forward to heading into week four we hope all of you are doing well had a great weekend and are getting into week four here at ideally three and oh two and one even if you're one and two or oh and three it is still early we have that extra week this year we're going to turn it around we are going to help you turn it around So make sure you stay tuned right here to the Fantasy Focus Facebook page, YouTube. Give us a subscribe and hit that bell. On the Twitch side, we've been blowing up on Twitch lately, so appreciate y'all for joining in. Also on the Twitter side, give us a follow there as well, Fantasy Focused or Fantasy underscore Focused. And of course, all the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast podcasts can be heard anywhere you listen to the Believe Podcast Network on the podcast side of things. Jordan, man, I know it was a rough Monday night for you. It was a rough Sunday night for me, and I've been trying to think over the last 24 hours, which which loss would I prefer? Now, unfortunately, you can't win them all, all right? Even Brady, even Mahomes comes up short, all right? Joe Montana never did, but we're going to stay away from that. (laughs) You have to lose every once in a while, okay? Would you rather have the game in the bag with less than 40 seconds left kick the ball off, play a couple of defensive snaps, make a stop, get out of there, blow it, give up a game-winning field goal, and lose in the last seconds? Or would you rather just get stomped and blown out from the beginning and if you're listening to Jalen Hurts, you flush it, if you know what I'm talking about. So, Jordan, I welcome you in here. Let's get right into your Eagles. We'll get into my Niners. Let's rip the the scabs off quickly here, and we'll move on. Eagles – don't look good. I mean, there's no no, there's no other way to put this year. They, they came out flat, and this was a big game, man. This is, this is a, a divisional game. The NFC East is up for grabs, I think, still. Right now, the Cowboys clearly look like the best team in the division, but they do every year early. You never know what's going to happen. Last year, Washington football team steals it. The Giants have had good weeks. The Eagles have had good weeks, and the, the Cowboys have had bad weeks, and you never know about the health there, so – How do you feel about your Eagles, man? Like, give me the Eagles fan side of it to start, and then let's do a fantasy breakdown. I'll give you some stats here to warm you up, and then you give me your side of it. We'll start with your Eagles. Jalen Jalen Hurts finishes 326, two touchdowns, two costly picks. Miles Sanders, five total touches. We were talking pre show, horrendous. Five total touches. Kenny Gainwell, three for 33. Through the air, Zach Ertz gets the touchdown, but Dallas Goddard, two for 66. Jalen Rager had a big night. Quez Watkins had a big night. Then you had Greg Ward had a big night, got the touchdown late. On the other side, business as usual for the Cowboys, just 238 for Dak, but three touchdowns. Should have been another one from CeeDee Lamb early. Zeke, 17 for 95 and two. We love to see that. Tony Pollard involved, but 11 for 60, no touchdown for him. Dalton Schultz, really impressing, six for 80. And two touchdowns, CD lamb three for 66 tackled on the one yard line early. And Amari Cooper, he's been a dud after a huge opening week, been a dud the last two weeks, just three for 26. Eagles get beat up here. 41, 21. Are you flushing this one out? Or are you really concerned long-term here for your Eagles?
1: Uh, personally, I'm concerned. I mean, you look at the Eagles' schedule so far, you played what's uh, seems to be a terrible Atlanta team first. Then we play your 49ers who are, are a good team, I think, in in my opinion, but again, you had, had chances
0: gone. to win that one too. Unfortunately, for me. it, I mean,
1: should have too. the first, the yeah. first half. I think I walked away from the first half going, you know, we're down, but I, I think we controlled that, that first half. And yeah, and I was nervous that, that whole game too.
0: I agree. 17, yeah. 11. I mean, that was a low scoring game.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, I think the problem with the Eagles season outlook is now we go into Dallas and yes, it's a Monday night football game at home. Dallas is hype. I'm sure. Um, First time Dax playing in Dallas since the injury, but there was, I never felt comfortable at all in that game from the first Dallas drive. I was like, fuck, here we go. Like we're getting, this is going to be a blowout. And it it, it was. Um, And then you look back at who Dallas has played with their two and one or um, Two on record so far, they've played the Chargers who just beat the Chiefs. They played reigning Super Bowl champs and Tom Brady on opening night. Dallas has had a pretty tough schedule so far. And so looking at just Eagles, you know, as an Eagles fan, you talk about who's gonna run away within the NFC East. As long as Dak stays healthy, I don't see anyone but the Cowboys winning this division, to be honest with you. Um yeah, I but agree. to to dig a little bit deeper here in this game, I mean What I need to look for in terms of both the Eagles uh, and Cowboys offenses, I think from uh, Eagles perspective, Hertz looks great in terms of fantasy production. He's always going to have that rushing floor. If they are going to be in in games like this, where they're getting blown out, like a whole scamper for five, six yards here will have a lot of garbage time touchdowns. I mean, again, this is a game where offensive production for the Eagles wasn't great. And Hertz puts up a, a respectable fantasy quarterback week. Uh, I think again, putting up 20 plus points um, still has yet to dip below that threshold this season. Um, and so moving forward, I'm, I'm, if I have hurts confidently starting him uh, if I don't have hurts, you know, potentially uh, trading for him, if I want to upgrade at the uh, quarterback position for relatively cheap, you know, he's not a Mahomes a, or, or a Brady big name um, for the Cowboys. Uh, a couple things to look for here is how is the, the tight end dynamic in a shift, right? So Last week, both Jarwin and Schultz, I think, had either two or three catches each. Uh, this week, obviously, Schultz breaks out with the two touchdowns. Um, so keeping an eye on that dynamic moving forward, I think both of them as of right now could be a potential tight end play. As, you know, Obviously, you're banking on a, a breakout like Schultz had, but I think they both have that capability. And similar thing with uh, Pollard's usage. Um, again, he might be your type of boom or bust type uh, flex play. Um, but yes, he only had the eleven touches for sixty yards. I mean, he's efficient. Um, and if he were to, you know, find the end zone, I mean, you're talking about a twelve to fifteen point uh, fantasy week from your flex spot. Which, even though he's the one B with with Zeke, I mean, they are using him, especially early on in the season when Zeke's, you know, potentially being used as a, um, you know, trying to to manage that workload early in, early in the season.
0: I made a tweet earlier today that. I feel like if the fantasy community would stop thinking about it as Tony Pollard taking over Zeke's job or Tony Pollard being better than Zeke in football terms or fantasy terms, and we just started thinking of another version of Chubb and Hunt in Cleveland, I think we'd feel better about the situation. Like They're going to use two backs. They want Zeke healthy for that 17th season uh, game and the playoffs potentially. They're looking good so far. They couldn't be making a playoff run. They don't want to burn him out early. Do you think that's a fair assessment to think of Zeke and Pollard now as a Chubb and Hunt where Zeke's the horse. Chubb is the horse. They're the automatic. They're, you know, they got to score touchdowns. Zeke, obviously a little bit more used in the passing game, but Chubb has an incredible offensive line as well. And then Hunt and Pollard could be complete duds for you, or they could lead the team because of garbage time or late comebacks with the touchdowns and pass catching. So, do you think that's a fair assessment and would you feel better about it if you started thinking think of it that way versus uh oh I gotta sell Zeke and I gotta buy, you know, sell out for for Pollard.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way that you wanna think about it, especially in a redraft league, is you wanna think about it as a I wanna say like a chub hunt light. Um you think about other running backs in this situation at the beginning of the season, we were looking at Dobbins and Gus Edwards, um, before we knew his usage, um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon of being these type of both fantasy relevant uh running backs. I think with Dobbins and Edwards, you have a very high rush volume offense. I think Chubb and Hunt in the Browns are a little step down from that. And Zeke and Pollard, obviously, because of Dak and all the receiving threats that Dallas have, are probably another step back behind those two, but doesn't mean that they're not fancy relevant. And both running backs, like you mentioned, are involved in the pass offense, as opposed to Chubb isn't as involved. Uh, J.K. Dobbins was never expected to be involved in the very minimal pass game that the Ravens had. But both Zeke and Chabar. So I think you have that dynamic as well. So I think it's a good way to look at what is now the running back situation in Dallas.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and again, it could be the modern day version of that Thunder and Lightning idea that the Giants back in the early 2000s kind of made a staple in the NFL for a while with Tiki Barber, um, you know, as the, the Lightning and then, you know, uh, Jacobs, right? uh being Brandon Jacobs was this massive (laughs) goal line just grinder at the end of the games and stuff being that thunder there so if that Zeke and Pollard and and Chubb and Hunt and and Jonathan Taylor Naheem Hines you know that kind of dynamic I think is good in the NFL and a lot of teams are moving that direction so we saw what Zeke is capable of they're going to use him when they need him I felt a lot better about Zeke now and Pollard should still absolutely be uh, managed in all formats All right, man. Gave you your time uh, to sulk in your Eagles. Best of luck next week. Now it's my turn. All right. So Packers, Niners, uh, a lot of talk here about, you know, the NFC championship games and the Niners ran all over them, blah, blah, blah. And as a Niner fan last week, I kept telling people on the Sunday night or the Sunday morning show, uh, which everyone should join us for the last minute. Start sits three hours before kickoff. Join us right here on YouTube for start sits. Trey Sermon came up a million times, obviously. Right. And I kept, I kept saying you can play him because he may be the guy and you want the guy for the Niners, but what if he isn't, what if he's not, you're going to have another dud like Elijah Mitchell. And it was just like, no, there's no way. There's no way. Well, he accidentally gets a touchdown at the end of the game, but it didn't feel good from fantasy. Right. And I'm concerned about that as a 49er fan. I haven't believed in Jimmy Garoppolo in a long time, and I've been on that soapbox for a while. But the offense doesn't feel like it's clicking. Brandon Ayuk still hasn't quite gotten ready to go. We finally used George Kittle, but not to his full extent. That's been frustrating. Our defense is already beat up. The defensive line is can compete with anybody. Our linebacking court is great with Warner in the middle there. But our secondary is terrible. We're bringing in anybody off the street at this point. We brought in Josh Norman last week. Dude is like throwing up blood after the game. He's out. We bring in Buster Screen, who was terrible for the Jets. We're picking up anybody we can, basically. And now our boy, Uncle Sherman, is now going to be with Tampa Bay looking for a ring, right? So it's just been frustrating for a 49ers fan because the division we're in. With the Eagles, I think there's one horse. It's the Cowboys right now, right? But if the Eagles play well, they could beat out Washington and New York. The 49ers, every team in that division could win the division. And right now, unfortunately, I feel like the 49ers are the weakest link. Not by much. They're still a great team, but I'm concerned just three games in. They lose to the Packers, of course, 38 28. We all know the ending there. Mason Crosby comes in, 50 plus yard field goal to ice it. Rodgers is the man, gets that monkey off his back versus the Niners and whatnot. We'll see him again in January, hopefully. Devontae Adams, 12 receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Not hurt. Looked like he got completely destroyed and knocked out concussed and he was in I like got off the couch to get some water I came back and he was back in the game and I was shocked I thought the dude was gonna be out like weeks comes back Aaron Jones 96 total yards and the touchdown George Kittle seven catches 92 yards and a touch as well and Brandon Ayuk does get involved with the TD but again not as much as I'd like to see so you said you were nervous about the Niners I'm not super nervous or about the Eagles I'm not super nervous about the Niners per se but I do think they either need to go like let Jimmy chuck it or get back to the run game. But we have losing all of our running backs once again. So I just think the identity is lost a little bit with what Shanahan wants to do, what Jimmy's capable of, and what our offense is able to do. Debo Samuel disappeared in this game, which I'm not surprised I called that one as well. Um, So hopefully they can run a couple more games here. But a little early to panic for the Niners. But um, we should have had that game. And I'm, I'm disappointed. Not that we lost, but how it went down. And uh, Kyle Juszczyk being our best player on offense is not supposed to happen. Dude's a beast, but he's a fullback. So a little bit concerned there. What are we looking for in week four for the Cowboys, or for the uh, Packers and Niners?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the Packers, I think this was the game that we expected to see from them. I mean, they're, they now seem to be back on pace. Obviously, the week one falter, everyone seemed to panic. Rodgers and, and Adams seem to be clicking now. Aaron Jones had the big week last week. Again, 96 yards this week. I'm not too worried about anyone really on the Packers offense. Uh, maybe Bob Tanyan, he wasn't really involved this uh, week. But again, this is where like, the Packers offense is so efficient with Rodgers behind uh, under center that they don't really need to include everyone in, in, in every week. And this was just a week where they didn't really need Tanyan. Um, but moving forward, obviously, would want to see you know, more than one target and see him more involved uh, in this Packers offense. Um, from the 49ers side, I mean, again, Debo, not really concerned about you. He did go missing J Alexander. I don't know how often he was shadow covering um, Debo in, in terms of a stat uh, from, a, from like how many routes uh, Alexander was on Debo, but uh, did have 10 targets. Um, so not too worried about Debo. Uh, Ayuk was a little bit more impressive this week and a little bit more involved, obviously had the touchdown. Um, so I want to continue to monitor that. But the biggest thing for the 49ers is that running back room. Um, Sermon was okay. Uh, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, saved your week with a touchdown, but wasn't any, didn't do anything to win the job. So when Elijah Mitchell comes back, when Jeff Wilson comes back, uh, when Trey Sermon's still there, who's going to be the, this lead guy? Or is it going to be more of a committee? Is it going to be the 49ers of old where – You're kind of playing Russian roulette playing, you know, starting one of them in your lineup. They could go off for 102, but they could also be the guy that gets four carries for 22 yards that week.
0: Would you call that rushing roulette? Oh, nice. All right. Let's move on here. You and I have both uh, taken our 20 minutes here to cry about our teams. Um, (laughs) Go Eagles, go Niners. Let's bounce back and uh, let's move on here, man. We got the whole rest of the Sunday slate. Let's crush these ones out. We're going to, Dial it all the way back to Sunday morning with the Bears and the Browns. Justin Fields getting his NFL debut. Eight sacks. Eight sacks, unfortunately, for Justin Fields. Looked absolutely horrendous. He will bounce back. He's much better than that. Miles Garrett had four and a half by himself. Browns get the big win here. 26-6. The Bears have the worst offense of all time. And no offensive line, basically. The Bears just haven't looked good, right? They go Andy Dalton. Nick Foles is on the bench, and and he's a distant third. Shouldn't even be a roster, in my opinion. Whatever. Um, but Matt Nagy comes out after the game and throws the kid under the bus immediately. Like I know he had a terrible game; it was obviously horrendous. You immediately say, "Okay, well now we're going to go back to Andy Dalton if he's healthy, and if not, we're going to go with Nick Foles just because we paid him a bunch of money. And we're obligated to do it." Terrible move, dude. I, I'm hating this situation for the Bears and Justin Fields. It feels like Tua last year, which was terrible, and Tua basically said after the season, like, didn't learn the playbook, couldn't really get any flow. If that's an issue for Justin Fields early, it's going to really hurt him, I think, long term. And Kareem Hunt, over 150 all purpose yards and a touchdown. Odo Beckham, nine targets in his return. Nick Chubb didn't get a touchdown. Right, but he still had over 80 plus yards again. He's not touchdown reliant, but because uh, Hunt has all that you know extra work there, that's kind of that you know thunder and lightning there. So, Nick Chubb is just fine, Baker's okay. Uh, Jarvis Landry's still out here. So, what are we looking forward to in week four for both the Browns and the Bears?
1: Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP coming back and starting absolutely
0: not. (laughs) God, uh,
1: yeah, I mean. To be honest, like what to watch for is is how bad this Bears offense is is going to be. I mean,
0: like, is it actually bad? I think that's that's the question. That's, that's the question.
1: Is like, I, I mean, I was so just much talent. Back. What the hell's going on? I was just flipping back through like their old stats. I was like, is their offensive line really this bad? Like, I, I totally get that you're playing Miles Garrett. Dude had a career day. Like, had a whole season essentially in a in a week. And you know, was it just Miles Garrett was on and and destroying that you know side of the line? Maybe, but. Uh, they, they faced Aaron Donald in the Rams in week one and didn't give up eight sacks. Like, I don't know if it was a Justin Fields thing, if he was holding on to the ball too long, trying to make, you know, extend these plays as a rookie QB instead of just getting rid of it, checking down. Um, but for the most part, like it didn't look good for the bears. And so I'm kind of concerned about almost anyone on the bears. I'm not really concerned about David, uh, David Montgomery, um, just because of the opportunity and volume that he's going to get. But I mean, Darnell Mooney was a breakout candidate this year. Allen Robinson was almost always a top 12, if not top 24 fantasy wide receiver. And, you know, you've noticed that, especially without touchdowns, like that production's not not going to be what it was of years past. And so until – obviously, like we are in week three. We have time to, to get this, you know, offense back to where it was. But if we are starting Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, are those really quarterbacks that you have ever been able to rely on for – any of the last five years for fantasy production from the wide receiver position.
0: Yeah. You don't want that. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, you haven't heard it yet. uh, TCK potters. You can dial back. Um, I uh, went through the waiver and everything else. If you have waivers coming up uh, tonight, um, you can get a last minute. Listen to the waiver column. I also gave some players on the hot seat, some players. I'm kind of, panicking about or patient with, and also a couple trade targets. I mentioned I'm trading for Saquon Barkley. I'm not going to break that down right now, but I did mention that I'm looking to acquire Saquon and I'm looking to trade away Allen Robinson, a player that I loved coming in wide receiver. 63 right now, Jordan, 63 yep. on the season in PPR six targets in week one, or excuse me, 11 targets in week, one, six catches, four targets and two catches in week two, six targets, two catches again last week. Yeah, that's what, you,
1: that's what you really hate. Like, you, you see that week one target, and you, you're okay, right? Like, yeah. you see the 11 targets. You're like, oh, if I'm going to get 11 targets, okay, I got six catches. Like, uh, it'll come. It'll come with the targets, right? But then you almost drop off a cliff immediately in week two, and then again in week three.
0: Bro, um, here's the issue. Th- 35 yards in week one. Okay, that's against the Rams. All right, it's against the Rams. you got the targets. 35 yards, whatever. Outlier. Against the Bengals, 24 yards. He caught a touchdown, dropped another one. Last week, 27 yards for Allen Robinson. He's not, not going to get you a ton of yardage, but he's a volume guy, and he's just not getting it right now. I'm definitely concerned there. All right, I'm getting frustrated about my Bears because I was actually fired up about the Bears, and now they're letting me down, unfortunately. Let's move on here. Washington football team and the Buffalo football Bills. Yo, man, this one's surprising. The Washington football team, I picked to win this division, Um, obviously looking terrible because the Cowboys are good and Dak is back and all is good for Dallas currently. But I thought Washington was the truth, even with Taylor Heineke coming in with that defense. That defense has not been that defense yet. 43 points led up to Josh Allen and the Bills. Five touchdowns for Josh Allen, 358 yards. Cole Beasley, 11 receptions, 98 yards. Emmanuel Sanders has two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs. Still not Stephon Diggs yet. He's a buy low candidate for me personally. Uh, he's not going to be cheap, but he's somebody you might be able to look for here. But Washington football team, man, is concerning. And Trey White is a problem. I was worried about Terry McLaurin. He got his numbers eventually, but Trey White's the truth. And um, I'm concerned about this overall offense. And, you know, Antonio Gibson ripped off a big run, and he can do that anytime. time. But overall, I'm a little bit concerned, and that defense is not as terrifying as I thought it was. So you can play your studs against this defense here, but the Bills a big win. 43, 21.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned that Stefan Diggs is by low candidate for you. He is for me. He's not going to be as by low as maybe Saquon who's coming off of the ACL injury, but, uh, and you know, Diggs obviously does have that name. He's coming off of that wide receiver one season uh, or uh, two actually after Devontae, but um so it's not going to be completely low, but if you think about all the receiving options that are there in, in Buffalo, I mean, both Beasley and uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, are actually viable flex plays in most fancy formats, right? You have uh, in PPR, Beasley's always going to be that Hunter Renfro-esque type, Wes Welker, whatever you want to call him, where uh, it's just going to get a ton of targets from Josh Allen. Emmanuel Sanders is almost the opposite where he's not going to get a ton of volume, but he's getting a lot of the deep targets in this offense right now. So if you want to play Emmanuel Sanders on the the prayer that he gets one of those long touchdowns, like it's a viable opportunity for sure. Any given week with this Buffalo uh, offense Um, looking forward with um, the Washington football team. I mean, next week they play Atlanta. And so I think you're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of production there, but really what you need to see if you're the Antonio Gibson owner is a lot more involvement in the passing offense. Right. You mentioned he had the seventy plus yard uh receiving touchdown this week and then had one target after that. Like this guy was a wide receiver in college. It, it like we all mention it in the fantasy community, and but Ron Rivera just seems to doubt his passing ability and just does not want to evolve him or catching ability and does not want to involve him in this pass offense. Um, I don't know why, but if you want the, the value of your Antonio Gibson back of the first, early second, maybe mid-second round pick, you were you were banking on a lot more involvement from this, uh, you know, in the, in the passing offense.
0: Which is so frustrating too because, I mean, nobody's Christian McCaffrey and I don't think anybody took it seriously. But when Ron Rivera coached Christian McCaffrey in Carolina and then he drafts Antonio Gibson and basically says – we want this kid to be our Christian McCaffrey because he's a wide receiver playing running back, and they just don't use him now. Look, no shade on J.D. McKissick; he bounced around the NFL for a couple of years, and he landed in Washington last year. He did pretty well with uh, led the NFL in in targets and receptions from the running back position with Alex Smith. He's a good receiver, also, so he is the pass catching back. But Antonio Gibson can also do it, and we say it all the time in the fantasy community. But obviously, these NFL coaches don't give a shit about fantasy. But for us, we just look at like start your studs, like give the best player on your team all of the work. Why not do that? Obviously, these guys get paid to make decisions not to do it for whatever reason. It's frustrating for us, but you have to imagine that these guys are professional professionals at what they do and they're making the decision not to. So very frustrating, but that's how it goes sometimes. Let's move on here to one of the most thrilling uh endings to a game which should not have been. The Ravens should have beat the Lions by three touchdowns. They did not. And the Lions are not winning games because it's the Lions and they don't win games. However, I don't think I can remember, Jordan, a Lions team except for maybe one or two when Calvin Johnson was at his peak. All the way back to the Barry Sanders days when they still weren't very competitive. When the Lions team on offense and defense was at least competitive, trying hard, playing well, and they're getting beat, but they're actually like they're entertaining to watch. Uh, they're, they're scoring points, albeit a lot of it in, in junk time, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they're competing in games. They're not getting blown out like Lions usually do. And I think there might be something up in this Dan Campbell attitude of this team, which I, I respect and appreciate so far. Ravens do get the win on a Justin Tucker NFL record 66 yard field goal. I had Jay Tuck behind me last week. I've got his jersey, and uh, it's it's the missus' favorite player. Um, so we were watching it on Red Zone, and I was like, yo, babe, this one's coming up. It's it's an NFL record if he makes it, and your team would win. And she's like, oh, it's too far, blah, blah, blah. Kicks it, hits the, the crossbar, doink, bounces up and over, and makes it, and it's just absolutely phenomenal. So Justin Tucker's the man. Also, I have to mention this every time, sings opera in eight languages, Shouts out to my man, Justin Tucker, 19-17. Ravens get the big win over the Lions. DeAndre Swift, 107 total yards and a touchdown. And just because, my boy Jamal Williams also had a touchdown. Mark Andrews finally showed up, five catches, 109. He'll get his touchdowns eventually. Hollywood Brown, three crucial drops, like 20, 30-yard pass plays each time drops. Let's hope that that is not a long-term situation. Rashad Bateman is eligible this week to come off IR. I don't know if he'll be that much of a factor now, but he is going to be a factor. Sammy Watkins still out there. I think Hollywood Brown who has been playing well, needs to shake that off next week, or he could be uh, put down the line a little bit there, but big win from the Ravens, but a little too close to comfort.
1: Yeah. I mean, this Lions team is is shocking how close they're making these games, especially against the teams that they've played against a, a lot of the the points they put up in san francisco were in garbage time um but they almost and, won that one too dude i was I know, sweating I, know. I was like and what then, the hell
0: are we doing pulling our defense
1: and green, here green bay in, back. green bay in the first half was competitive mm-hmm. they were leading at um,
0: half yep
1: yeah. and then and then uh this week it turned out to be extremely close obviously uh, as you can tell by the final score but um i do think you you hit the nail on the head with like Hollywood Brown had a couple drops here that that probably make this game a little bit uh, not as close or at least don't not feeling as close. Um, So looking ahead for this Detroit Lions team, uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Charles or Jamal Williams. I wish it was Jamal Charles um, have both (laughs) been been very productive in terms of fantasy so far, very viable starts. Um, And this week coming up now play the Bears in week four, um, looking at, who the bears, what they just did against the Browns. I mean, Nick Chubb, 22 for 84 Kareem hunt 10 for 81 on the ground and a touchdown, six catches for 74 through the air. Uh, I would not be worried about either one of these. Obviously I'd, I'd prefer to have Deandre Swift here, but um, I think a lot of times you think about the Chicago bears defense and uh, you know, being a a solid defense. If their offense can't keep their defense off the field, there's going to be plenty of opportunity especially uh, for these Lions running backs, a lot of their offense is funneled through them and TJ Hawkinson. So uh, if they're going to be on the field, those are going to be the guys that likely get in the fantasy points.
0: And Hawk was a no-show in this game as well. So you know what? I mean, I might be picking, No, Chris Benavides jumps on our our last show of the week, and he and I do the previews of of the next week's game and the TCK pod uh, preview as well. So we'll be doing that again uh, on Friday. Last week I picked the Bengals to beat the Steelers, I picked the Chargers to beat the Chiefs, and I've got a handful of other upsets, man, and right now you just have to kind of ride the hot hand and look the Lions, which is ridiculous to say. The Lions I think are a better overall squad right now than the Bears. <laughs> if you and, if you just
1: break that down from a talent perspective, mm-hmm. the, what you just said sounds ridiculous. Like I know. The, the, <laughs> but, but I agree but, but I agree with you as a, as a as a product of what is rolled out there on on the field on game day i i don't hate what you just said
0: but they just they just the lions just lost to three playoff teams by a touchdown yeah you know and and justin fields will be good for a long time eventually but even with andy dalton and this offense who had their quarterback all off season coming in before he got injured they played pretty well against the rams but got run out Right. And then they try to come back and, and they got they got uh, beat up by the Bengals. Right. Who are turning out not to be a terrible franchise this year either. So we'll see what happens. But honestly, right now I'm taking the Lions over the, over the, uh, the Bears. All right, Let's move on here. Colts and Titans. Another divisional game here. The Titans get the win. Twenty five. Sixteen. A.J. Brown hurt in this game. He's been a dud already for fantasy, which has been a real bummer. Julio Jones has been up and down, but A.J. Brown has not done anything yet. Now he's hurt. Uh, looks to be out at least three weeks, maybe going to, you know, be out longer than that. Um, hold A.J. Brown for now. You're not going to be able to trade him. I wouldn't trade for him because we haven't seen anything when he was healthy. You just got to kind of hold and wait and put him on your IR for now. Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 113 yards. Look again, if you're getting 30 touches, eventually he's going to get you 100 yards. And honestly, this, this Colts offense is just not looking good. Carson Wentz came back with basically two broken feet pretty much looked bad um when Carson Wentz is is not uh mobile you're not worried about him scrambling and doing what he does with the pass game so why not attack the run JT unfortunately wasn't able to get it done Quentin Nelson gets hurt in this game as well Naheem Hines has a nice game but he's not the one people are playing in fantasy um I'm once again worried about the Colts I think the Titans will be just fine other than of course AJ Brown
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, the, the Titans are going to be fine. Uh, Julio gets a little bit of a boost now with AJ Brown being out. You're not really worried about targets going to AJ Brown over Julio. Um, Derek Henry, you're you never really worried about, especially since the second half of that Seahawks game. Um, I mean, he's obviously going to get all the volume there. I think it's pretty much status quo for the Titans offense. Looking at the Colts offense, though, I mean, now you just have a lot of questions of who can you really start? I mean, if Wentz is out, if Wentz is not 100%, this offense isn't really great, to be honest with you. I mean, we talked about earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago, how the offense looked like it was going through JT and Naeem Hines. Uh, Michael Pittman had to break out in week uh, week two with 120-plus yards. Um, there's not really much coming from from the tight, uh, the tight ends. Um, Zach Pascal seems to have faded off since his two-touchdown performance. Um, I mean, I don't even think JT's a buy low candidate for me. He's he hasn't been doing well, and I, I don't think I want to buy in now when Carson Wentz is hurt, Quentin Nelson's hurt, um, just all around doesn't doesn't seem to be a good situation for the Colts offense.
0: I agree, and again, I don't think there's any pass catchers. I know, you know Michael Pittman had a nice week last week. Paschal had a couple touchdowns. Um, this is just an offense I'm looking to stay away from. I don't think you can bench Jonathan Taylor because he gets the work. He could break a big run. They should use him in the goal line. But Naheem Hines is kind of that vulture, right? We're, we're talking about the the Chubb and Hunt and Zeke and Pollard. A lower, you know, a tier down from those guys is JT and, and Naheem Hines. Now, some news that came up this week that we'll be developing, obviously, and we'll fill you in as it goes along. But Marlon Mack, who has actually been back healthy and looks good, he's just not getting any work because JT is JT and Hines is the pass catcher. He's actually requested a trade, and the Colts have honored that, so he is going to seek a trade. He will most likely not be on the Colts much longer. That gives me a little more hope that there's one less mouth to feed, although he hasn't been terribly active. But uh, just, yeah, keep an eye on these Colts. If anything, I would go try to get Julio on the cheap right now off off a bum game and just know that Julio's Julio, man. Left this game with tightness, and we'll see what happens with him, but he is the horse out there without A.J. Brown.
1: Yeah. And that, okay. and that Marlon Mack take, I mean, I think it says more about Marlon Mack and potentially getting him for extremely cheap. He's probably on your waiver wire, free agency, um, stashing him If you have, you know, the availability to cut, you know, some Greg Ward, Quez Watkins, like just cut those guys. Uh, I don't know why I just named only Eagles. Um, <laughs> probably because we suck. Um, but I think it says more about Marlon Mack and his potential stashability rather than his effect on uh, JT and Hines.
0: I agree. All right, let's move on to another one. This one was exciting here. My Chargers got my boy Herbie right behind me from the Jersey Jungle. I'm going to give them a shout-out here just in a second after this game. Justin Herbert shows up in a big way. Chris and I previewed these games. I picked the Chargers outright to win this game last Friday. Sure enough, they show up and do it. Herbert had his NFL debut last year in uh, week two after, you know, to Rodgate. Um should have beat the Chiefs in that game. Mahomes came back with magic, beat them late. The Chargers got them late in the season. So far, Herbert two, Mahomes one. Just throwing that out there. Uh, big win here for the Chargers, obviously, 30-24. to 24. The Chiefs have trailed by double digits in every game this season. That is a concern. I don't care who's on the team. I don't care who's coaching the team. Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey, Tyree Kill, the whole thing. That is a concern. I know Mahomes is incredible. I know this offense can put up 50 and a half. The problem is when they start playing elite defenses, come playoff time late in the season or whatever, um, it's going to be tough. I, I'm I'm one and two chiefs team is the best one and two team you can ever be. But I I am concerned as a chiefs fan, not that we're going to bomb, bomb the season, not make the playoffs or whatever. They'll turn it around. But. I I don't feel like they feel like the Chiefs right now, so I'm worried about that. Justin Herbert, two eighty-one, four touchdowns from my boy Herbie. Mike Williams, I'm telling you guys, you know I gave my tribute to Mike Taglier this week. If you haven't heard it yet, I spent about 25 minutes on a, a solo podcast earlier this week, a, a tribute to uh, Mike Taglier who passed away this last weekend. Um, came on the show, episode 400, back in June. And he and I talked about players that he was all in on this year and players he was fading. One of the players he was fading was Jonathan Taylor. We go into that. I faded him, didn't draft him anywhere. So far, that's worked out. A player that he was all in on was Mike Williams. I made him my breakout candidate in the AFC West series. So far, so good. Seven catches in this one, 122, another two touchdowns. If not for Cooper Cup setting the league on fire so far, Mike (laughs) Williams would be the number one fantasy receiver. Cooper Cup and Mike Williams. Are those guys right now? So if you drafted him in the fifth and the seventh round, you're laughing all the way to the bank. They're this year's Stefan Diggs from last year. All right. Then you have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's Travis Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, two weeks in a row, basically being taken out. He's going to get his targets. He could catch a deep bomb at any time, but the Ravens do a soft shell over the top. The Chargers, great secondary, did the same thing. Watch out when the Chiefs play the Broncos. The Broncos have a great secondary as well. I would not be surprised. If the Broncos take Tyreek out of this game, focus on Travis Kelsey over the middle, shut down the run, they could be in trouble if Teddy can score some points. Just throwing that out there. Mahomes, two interceptions, not himself. CEH bounces back, gets a touchdown. You can hang on to him for a while. You know Austin Eckler gets in. Keenan Allen quietly dominating also, kind of overshadowed oddly enough by Mike Williams right now, but Chargers look good, man. This is a huge statement game for them in the AFC West. Chiefs will be the Chiefs eventually, but one and two is not how anybody expected them to start.
1: No, absolutely not. And and Tyreek's the, the one I want to highlight here as what to watch for moving forward. I mean, this wasn't a game where the Chiefs dominated from the start. They, they did involve CEH a lot in their offense this week, but it's not like he got the quote unquote game scripted out. I mean, we've never really seen Tyreek Hill get game scripted out from this Chiefs offense anyway. Um, but if you told me these last two weeks that the Chiefs were up by 28 early i i i would understand a, a five for 57 week from tyreek right where you just got didn't really need the deep threats didn't need the the passing attack to be at the level that we've seen it from the chiefs um but that's not the case it wasn't the case this week uh either the chiefs were um you know behind early and behind often um in a competitive game with with the chargers and tyreek was just taken out like you mentioned from the defense and so um if defenses are can going to continue to scheme out Tyreek Hill and take that option away from Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is such a good quarterback that he's going to be able to adjust. He's, he'll use Kelsey. He'll use uh, Hardman, Robinson, Pringle, or, or you know, Andy Reid will use CEH. Um, so it's, it's a little bit concerning, but I don't think it's something to, you know, sell Tyreek low here um, at all. Um Moving to the the Chargers, I mean, we talked about it on the, the start-sit on, on Sunday. A lot of questions coming in were Mike Williams or Mike Williams or – and I remember one specifically was, I'm already starting Keenan Allen. Mike Williams or – and I forget who the second option was. And what I said was, you can't sit Mike Williams just because you're starting Keenan Allen. I totally understand that they both can't score on the same play outside of some some trick play. I'd love to see Keenan Allen throw a ball one of, one of these days. <laughs> no, no idea if you can actually throw. Uh, but they're not going to score on the same play. But the problem is, you. This is the week that you're going to get from both of them almost every week. Like one of them's going to score a touchdown. They're either going to split them. So one's going to get two, and you don't know. And if you're going to bench Mike Williams just because you have Keenan Allen starting already, you're going to miss out on these big Mike Williams weeks. Um, so moving forward, uh, I mean, I think I'm very willing to start both and both in the same lineup.
0: Absolutely. Last year, I mentioned it a couple of times. I paid up for the very the most expensive handcuff in fantasy football, Kareem Hunt to Nick Chubb. Last year, I drafted Hub, Hub, and what would it be Hunt, kind of- I guess. <laughs> Chubb and Hunt. I drafted both of those guys in three different leagues. And Chubb went down. Kareem Hunt took over. Whatever on a week to week basis, both of those guys were running back twos, and then one of them would blow up to be a RB one. If you yeah. stop thinking in your head of, I can't play both, whatever. Think of them as just like, what do they give you production-wise? Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both wide receiver ones almost every single week. You want two wide receiver ones on your team. Doesn't matter if they're from the same team, right? Nope, a lot of people wouldn't have a problem going CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper right now or Godwin and Evans or whatever if you have those kind of stacks. Why not do it if you have both of them? So I do have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in one league. I start them together every single week. And they're blowing up, so don't worry about that. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. Jordan, I'm going to let you get a quick water break. Also, I'm going to give a shout out. I see the uh, chat room starting to blow up here with some questions. Um, We will get to those questions, but not until the end of the episode. We still have about six games to recap here. So if you're looking for an urgent answer, you'll have to come back. Otherwise, stick around for us. Also, please, a reminder, we do this every single Sunday. Make sure to come check us out for the Sunday Start Sit live stream three hours before kickoff. That's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time and 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. for us West Coasters. Bobby, myself, and Jordan are West Coasters up at the crack of dawn, 7 a.m. Got three hours of Start, Sit live streaming for you right here on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe and hit the bell on Fantasy Focused YouTube page and get that alert when we jump on Sunday morning. We go Start, Sit for three hours. We prefer that you come to us then versus during an episode because we have so much other content to cover sometimes you catch us in a good mood and we'll get to some so i see some of you in the chat room hang tight with me please i've got a lot of other things to cover but i will get to these here jordan and i will cover you i know we have some trade conversations we have some start sits how do we feel about certain players jordan and i will cover those guys at the end of the episode hang tight for us please all right before we continue on i want to give a shout out to our friends at the jersey jungle again If you're looking at the YouTube here, you can see Devontae Adams, my boy behind me. Also, my man, Justin Herbert. I went to the Duck game this last weekend. It was a squeaker. We were supposed to beat Arizona by 28 points, according to the spread. It was tight, but we got the W in the Pac-12, a conference game. I love that. Great atmosphere. My first game back since the pandemic kicked off. It was absolutely fantastic. We had a great time. So got to cheer on my Ducks. And of course, Justin Herbert got the jersey behind me here. Hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. That's where they handle their business. That's the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys with the promo code TCK. And again, folks, you're already starting at 50%. You go to NFL.com, MLB, NBA, NHL.com, you're paying $150, $200 for hockey jerseys because they have the longer sleeves and stuff. You go to the Jersey Jungle, you're already paying half. These are not knockoffs. These are not from overseas. These are the real deal. They're authentic jerseys. I got them behind me. Hit up my boy Trenton. Use the promo code TCK and get 10% off of one or two, 50% off of three jerseys. Again, the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, Jordan, let's get into the rest of this here. Now we're going to kick it off with the Saints and the Patriots. Saints get the win here, 28-13. Alvin Kamara, 118 total yards and a touchdown. We do have a question in the thread that I'm going to get to specifically here regarding Alvin Kamara, we'll get to that in just a second. Alvin Kamara, 118 total, tu- uh, total yards and a touchdown Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers over 90 yards each. I don't want either one of these tight ends at this point. James White, my man, goes down with a similar hip injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick, which put him on the IR. I'm concerned about James White long term for the rest of the season to redraft leagues. You could put them on IR if you want. You may just end up dropping them. Unfortunately, the question is, is it Ramondre Stevenson who blew up training camp or or preseason, or is it going to be J.J. Taylor, who is kind of like the other James White on that squad? And Mac Jones is a deep kind of super flex at this point. And then for the Saints, look, man, I mean, Jameis did enough to get it done, but they run the offense through Alvin Kamara finally and does wonders here. They get four touchdowns out of that in the offense. So looking good for the Saints. Patriots have a big game against Brady and the Bucks obviously coming up so that's no good uh, this next weekend here but the Saints do business here with a big win 2813. I'll get your feedback Jordan and then we'll go to our question
1: yeah I mean it's it's pretty status quo here for these teams obviously the James White injuries unfortunate you were starting I mean I at least was starting to get to the point where as a flex or potentially an RB2 if you are light at RB uh, in a PPR format you could you could start white I mean he was starting to be an integral part of this offense. With him going down, uh, you know, looking forward to, hey, is it Ramondre Stevenson? Is it JJ Taylor? I mean, neither of them are really the James White per se, uh, like in terms of level of talent um, at this point in their careers. Um, I'd expect it to be JJ Taylor more than Ramondre Stevenson, but I'm not interested in adding either of them to my team um, unless they prove something in these these next couple of weeks. Um, I think it hurts uh, Mac Jones a little bit too, because he, he was almost a safety valve, uh, was was James White. And so we'll see what happens with the Patriots offense, but especially next week against the Bucs defense, not something that I'm I'm turning towards from a fantasy perspective. Um, for the Saints, uh, I know we have the, the, the question here in the chat that we'll get to, but um, things are finally looking good for this offense. It's going to be interesting to see when Michael Thomas comes back, how that affects uh, Alvin Kamara. I mean, a lot of people think, that that could be like targets away from Kamara. You know, when Michael Thomas went down, a lot more targets to Kamara. But I don't think that's the case. I think it just opens the defense more for for Kamara and the Saints' offense.
0: Let's get to this question here. Come here now, Beach, of homie from uh, homie from the the regular here from Twitch. Are you concerned about Kamara's fantasy value, Jordan? Let me break this down for you here. Week one against Green Bay, seventy three percent snap share, twenty carries, eighty three yards, four catches or three catches, excuse me gets a receiving touchdown at Carolina week two, just five fantasy points, eight carries for five yards, four catches on six targets. And then last week versus New England, 19.3 half PPR fantasy points, 84% of the snap share, 24 carries, 89 yards, three catches and a touchdown. Simply put for me, no, I'm not concerned. This is not Drew Brees' offense. You have to realize that you had to know that drafting Alvin Kamara. I had him – and still I'm confident that he was my number three running back heading into the season. Has he been the number three running back? No, he hasn't over the season. Will he be? He might be. We'll see what happens. Um, he's got the giants coming up next and then at Washington. And then they have a buy after the buy at Seattle, Tampa Bay is tough, but then they have Atlanta, Tennessee, Philadelphia, and they're going to have to run through the air against Buffalo and Dallas. So, As this offense continues to click, again, think about this. This is three weeks here in a new season with no Drew Brees, right? I know Jameis Winston filled in and Taysom Hill filled in for Drew Brees, but it's their ship now. It's different, and they're going to continue to run through uh, the Saints. So I'm not concerned. I would buy low if if I could uh, on Alvin Kamara in a half or a full PPR league. Jordan, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, pretty much the same. I mean, honestly, I'd buy in a a standard league as well. I mean, I know Kamara is one of the running backs that gets a boost and a half or a full PPR. um, But just because of the opportunities and the involvement that he has in that Saints offense, like that's something that I'd want to buy in. And no more Latavius Murray behind either. It's it's now Jones Jr. So not worried at all about Kamara.
0: Let's bring up this then. You mentioned a standard league as well. We got another question here regarding a trade. JT86TN. What do you think about this trade? I would give CMC and Cooper. I'm going to assume that's Amari Sorry. Cooper, not Cooper Cup. I would give CMC and Cooper for Alvin Kamara and CD Lamb. It's a standard scoring league. Give CMC, who's obviously out the next couple of weeks, and Amari Cooper, who's clearly hurt or just not effective right now, get Alvin Kamara and CD Lamb. Yeah,
1: I mean, for me, I think this really depends on your, your team situation. I, in a bottle, would lean towards CMC, keeping CMC and Amari Cooper. Um, I know both are dealing with their own injuries now, um, but if you're maybe an zero three team and maybe your your playoffs start a little bit sooner, uh, you need some wins now. You can't wait for CMC to come back. You don't know how long he's going to be out. Is it going to be two weeks? Is it going to be four? Um, if you need wins now, I, I'd be okay um, taking what I think is season long, probably a little bit lower of a value, but uh, you know helps me win these weeks where I need to start clawing back in and can't afford to go 0-5 in my fantasy league.
0: Preseason, I had CeeDee Lamb over Amari Cooper anyway. CMC is CMC, but he's out at least two weeks, and it might be recurring. Remember, last year he got hurt. He was out a couple weeks, came back, 30 points, got hurt, was out, came back, 30 points, was out, and he was hurt. So you know the you same
1: week he went out last year too, week three. Ex- exactly. You can't week.
0: count on him being 100% even when he comes back. Alvin Kamara right now is that offense. I like CD Lamb over Amari Cooper currently. And I think moving forward, I had predicted CD Lamb become that number one here this week or this year. And Bobby and I kind of, you know, went at it all summer over this uh, and we will see what happens by the end of the year. But I would take this trade even in standard uh, Kamara and CD Lamb. Okay, let's get back to our games here. And uh, we can speed these up a little bit here. Uh, Falcons and Giants. Falcons get the win here. Young Koo, my man. Last second, time expires. Get to that field goal to put the Falcons over the top here. Both these teams come in 0 2. Falcons get the win. 17 14. Falcons get the dub. Saquon looked good. 94 total yards and a touchdown. Patterson, I think <laughs> Patterson, who's a kick returner, is the RB1 in Atlanta. I'd mentioned that last week. Calvin Ridley has not yet broken 100 yards, still getting the targets. I think Calvin Ridley is either a buy low. If you have studs otherwise and you don't need him to be your wide receiver one, I think he's a sell name value if you need wins because he might click eventually, but he's not yet. I'm dealing with the situation personally. I'm looking to move off of Calvin Ridley. Um, I don't know if I'd go as steep as like Calvin Ridley for Mike Williams right now, but (laughs) that is a conversation I'm willing to have with myself, a Keenan Allen, you know, somebody else who's performing well, maybe Stephon Diggs, see how you feel about that. Kyle Pitts again, yet to really break out, but it's just a matter of time for him on the Giants' side. Look, you know, Daniel Jones, if he doesn't run the ball, you know, he's not going to be as great. Um, but Saquon did look pretty good here. So how do you feel about the giants and the Falcons, both struggling offenses?
1: Yeah, both struggling offenses and, and surprisingly a low scoring game for what, you know, given the defenses that both of these teams have was, was shocked that neither offense really moved the ball uh, more than they did. Um, but, Saquon moving forward. I mean, I think last week was, uh, or before this game against the Falcons was pretty much your buy low opportunity. I'd be, I'd be impressed if you could now move Saquon off of uh, a team, if you know, you could still buy him, I would. Uh, I just unfortunately think that that window's passed. He's clearly been more involved in the offense. He'll continue to be more involved as he continues to come back from that ACL on the Atlanta side of the ball. I mean, yeah, Cordell Patterson seems to be the the most involved. Pitts looks like he's not as involved. If you did pay up for him in that fifth round, you're severely disappointed. Um, if you're in any type of keeper league, I don't think you're going to be able to move or, or get Pitts in a dynasty. I think a lot of people are going to be holding mm-hmm. on to Pitts in dynasty. But if you're in a keeper league where you know, depending on your rule settings, you might be only able to keep players for one or two years, um, you might be able to get to get Pitts at, at a pretty significant discount right now especially if that team is is looking more to win this year rather than next or the following
0: not a bad option again rookie tight ends doesn't matter who you are it takes a while it's just a matter of time i think he will blow up eventually but it could be second half it could be next season we'll see what happens stay patient with Pitts. all right next up bungles get the huge win here over the steelers 24 10 big ben look absolutely horrendous uh juju got hurt in this game deontay johnson was out Najee harris 144 yards he had 12 catches on 19 targets, Jordan. The most, second most in NFL history, the most since 2018, when Alvin Kamara had 20, 19 targets for Najee Harris. Juju got hurt, couldn't throw short to anybody else. That was obviously Najee Harris. Big Ben looks terrible. Chase Claypool, nine catches, 96 yards. Jamar Chase on the other side, four catches, 65 yards, but two touchdowns. T. Higgy out in this game. Tyler Boyd had a nice game as well, but Jamar Chase quickly ascending to a 1B minimum when T. Higgins is healthy. I think he's still the one, but maybe not for long here. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, we saw it happening at LSU. It's starting to click here in the NFL, looking real good here. Bengals, very impressive win over the Steelers.
1: Yeah, my one biggest thing to look for moving forward to here is Jamar Chase, right? On the year, 11 catches, 220 yards, four touchdowns. That Those four touchdowns is really what is holding up his uh, I'll, I'll call him a stud fantasy season so far obviously if we take out those four touchdowns even if we continue to give him the receptions in the yardage I mean we're looking at 11 PPR fancy points per game not terrible but obviously is not what you drafted him to be I mean that's type of like that's a maybe a flex right um, but the point of what we want to look for moving forward is is he just that type of guy right like he could just be that deep threat that as long as it's a reliable deep threat and it, those plays are schemed into the Bengals' offensive plan week in and week out, that's something that you can rely on. Yes, there's going to be weeks where you don't have the touchdowns, but you're still going to at least have the, the depth of target, the long, uh, the long targets to chase um, that will hold up your fantasy weeks even without uh, missing those, those long bomb touchdowns.
0: Last year, they wanted it to be A.J. Green. He just wasn't very effective, so it definitely could be Jamar Chase. Chase and Boyd, for me, are flex plays weekly, and when T. Higgins is healthy, he is a wide receiver, too, on the weekend. But all three of those guys, I think, can be started weekly when healthy. Joe Burrow's playing well. All right, Cardinals and Jags. Cardinals get the win here. No big surprise. 31 31-19. It was kind of surprising that Kyler Murray didn't absolutely dominate this game. He had a couple costly, weird picks, uh, but Kyler's going to be just fine. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, both over 100 yards. New Hopkins, man, questionable all week, didn't practice. I said he was fine, comes out. He's kind of laid an egg the last couple of weeks. His targets have gone down the last couple of weeks. It's tough to sit a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, but they have so many other options in, in Arizona. You could move off of them if you can or sit them for a week and see what happens. You can sit Robert Woods. You can sit Allen Robinson at this point, right? Like you got to play it weekly and DeAndre Hopkins is not himself right now. James Connor, two touchdowns on the goal line, James Robinson, 15 carries 88 yards and a touchdown as well. Kyler Murray is going to be just fine. Rondale Moore kind of lays an egg for us, but again, we knew he was kind of boom or bust with the snap share percentage. How do you feel about the Cardinals and Jags?
1: Yeah, I think moving forward with the Cardinals wide receivers, I mean, that is essentially the question of, can we continue to trust DeAndre Hopkins like we have in, in years past? Um, or is this Cardinals offense going to start to be one that is, well, two of, two of these three or four wide receivers every week are going to go off. Is it going to be Christian Kirk and, and A.J. Green, or is it going to be Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins? Is it going to be Hopkins and, and Kirk? Um, I think I wouldn't be personally moving off of Hopkins. I mean, I'd continue to keep him. I think he is the alpha wide receiver there. Um, I think when he is fully healthy, this simply could have been a week of Cliff Kingsbury saying, you know, we want you out there. If you're healthy enough, we'll get you involved. Uh, But for the most part, you're going to open up the defense for A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. Very possible. I mean, it's something that as long as there's no immediate threat to DeAndre Hopkins and his health, it's something that I would do too. Um, So as we continue to monitor DeAndre Hopkins' health, I'm sure he'll continue to be that alpha there in in, uh, Arizona. The question is who's going to start to be that, if anyone, uh, consistent number
0: two. Let's move on here to the Jets and the Broncos. Jets look absolutely uh, pathetic, unfortunately. Um, I had a lot of high hopes from my boys, uh, Robert Sella and, and LaFleur coming over from the Niners. I think they get it right eventually, but so far, no dice. Um, we had a question earlier in the comments I just answered on my own. That was, which team is worse, the Jags or the Jets? And I had to think about it for a minute, but the Jets right now is an overall squad and talent, I think are worse than the Jags. Neither team has one yet. Broncos, impressive on offense, impressive on defense, though. They're the real deal, undefeated on the season. Melvin Gordon, majority of the carries, 18 for 61, gets that touchdown. Tim Patrick, five catches, 98 yards. K.J. Hamler, uh, a big pickup for Bobby and I a couple weeks ago, out with a torn ACL. He's done for the season. Um, Not much to talk about on the Jets' side of the ball here. Uh, You could still flex out Corey Davis, hoping for the best, but I don't want any part of that run game. Um, Zach Wilson is unplayable right now, uh and honestly, you know Teddy I think is a is a a great super flex option. And streaming in, in single quarterback, he's his bye week comes up here. He's been playing very well there, and Javante Williams also getting some work gets his first touchdown in the NFL there. So how do you feel about the Broncos and the Jets?
1: Yeah, I mean I think really the the key thing here is if you play a defense in your league, uh the Broncos defense so far has been fantastic for you. But take a step back and look at who they've played. They played a New York Giants team with I forget Saquon snap share like forty percent maybe uh, around there, so not a one hundred percent full full go Saquon Barkley. Then they played the Jags. Now they play the Jets. They still have to play the Chargers, the Chiefs, like and uh, the Raiders. Like their upcoming schedule is not going to be what they've just had. Uh, you know, I personally am not a pick up and play the or draft and play the, the same defense all year. Uh, if you are that type of person and you've been relying on the Broncos and expect to have this, this uh, production season long, uh, I'd, I'd start to look for other options.
0: I agree, and we'll see if the, the Broncos are the real deal. Again, I think they're going to give the Chiefs uh, a run for their money. We'll see what happens there, but you're right. Their schedule has been uh, very, very light so far. Another team that has been incredibly surprising, the Raiders, 3-0 and so far, get another last-second win. They've had two overtime games in the first three here on the season. Padding the stats a little bit for Derek Carr and everybody else, but they do look good. Peyton Barber, 23 carries, 111 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely insane. Hunter Renfro, Ruggs, and Edwards all over 70 yards. Ruggs did get beat up in this game, but hopefully it's not long-term. Derek Carr, 386 and two touchdowns. He should be rostered in all super flex leagues. He obviously is. Um, he's a weekly play in super flex two quarterback leagues. He should also be rostered in single quarterback leagues coming up with bye weeks happening in the next couple of weeks. He's a streamable apps asset. Absolutely. Um, for the Dolphins side again, Mike Kosicki, 10 catches, 86 yards. He finally shows up. Miles Gaskin, still unusable. Um <laughs> I faded him all off season, and people gave me a lot of shit for it. And so far, so good as far as I'm concerned on that one. Um Jacoby Brissett played a lot better than I thought he was going to showed a lot of grit later late in the game got that last second rushing touchdown uh Will Fuller played well but of course he got injured in this game as well um just a lot of question marks here man I'm still not totally sold on the Raiders and I'm I'm totally out on the Dolphins
1: I, I would say for the most part I'm out on the Dolphins I mean as an NFL team I'm a team I am and especially while Brissett's behind uh center instead of Tua but from a fantasy perspective, I think what's really interesting is that you saw Gesicki and, and Waddle be uh, hyper targeted by Brissett in this in this game. Now, obviously, it's the Raiders' defense, um, and for the most part, it was you know the Dolphins were never ahead. I don't expect them to be moving forward with Brissett at quarterback. Um, next week, they get the Colts though. Um, the Colts are a much better defense than the Raiders, and so the things to look for here is what does this Miami def- offense look like with Brissett? uh, against a, a better defense than the Raiders. Um, and if he is continually targeting Gasicki and, and Waddle and those are his two guys, I mean, Gasicki has to be a top tight end option. Um, if he's going to be hyper-targeted like this, especially in a PPR format.
0: Yeah. We'll see if the Raiders are, are legit moving forward here, but look, got to give him credit, man. Three wins is three wins in the NFL. Uh, great start for Gruden and his gang all right let's go to two excellent games here in the late window bucks and rams 34 24 the rams i think you would call it an upset um but two nfc juggernauts these guys are going to be competing i'm sure come january as well but the rams get the big win 34 24 matt stafford 343 and four touchdowns absolutely on fire so far cooper cup (laughs) stays hot nine catches in 96 yards another two touchdowns um, I heard a, a nickname over the weekend that I absolutely love. Uh, Cooper, cup a t- couple touchdowns, which I think would be a great team name there. Uh, Tom Brady, 432 of his own. Just one passing touchdown also has that you know QB sneak, uh, Brady Patton and QB sneak from the one. He gets a rushing touchdown as well. Um, Tampa can't and doesn't run the football. Um, I, Leonard Fournette was Bobby's start of the week last week. I wasn't feeling good about it. It didn't feel good against the Rams dud Ronald Jones is a non-factor Gio Bernard is only the quote-unquote James White in the final two drives of the game I'm not excited to roster any of these guys I don't think you can cut Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones but I would not be playing them automatically certainly in negative matchups like going up against the Rams on the other side Sony Michelle great pass blocking not a great running efficiency there um, nobody can run on either one of these teams so I'm not really worried about the backfields but I'm not also not excited about them Buccaneers get the Patriots. We'll talk about that in length like everybody else. Start Gronk, start Brady, start AB next week. It's going to be an onslaught on the Patriots. I think Brady's going to go nuts here in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and why wouldn't he? I mean, you talked about this offense not needing to run. They really don't, and that's why moving forward, Jones and Fournette honestly shouldn't really be on your radar. I mean, if they're on your teams, you're not going to be able to sell them. You mentioned I don't think you can drop them. Uh, Maybe you can hold them in case of an injury and throw Leonard Fournette in there. I mean, this week I had Ronald Jones in my work league and before I made a trade for Tyson Williams was starting Peyton Barber over Ronald Jones. Like that's, that's how bad it has gotten for Ronald Jones. I mean, I don't think he's droppable, but you can't move him. You're kind of just stuck with him. Um, But everyone else <laughs> outside of the running backs for the Bucs offense are, are very, uh, obviously very viable. You know what the Rams offense is as well. The only one question mark is, is Robert Woods. I mean, God, this is not the involvement level that we really expected to see from Woods. I mean, every look is going to Cooper Cup. Um, but the question is, is, is there ever going to be a time where it's a Robert Woods game? I mean, we are only three games into the season, so we are working with a small sample size, and we have to remember that, and we have to think that some of these games moving forward are going to be a Robert Woods game, especially as defense start to key on Cooper Cup more. Um, but for right now, it just seems to be a Stafford-Cooper Cup uh, show.
0: It is. I'm bringing up Robert Wood's stats here really quick here, too. I want to read off his game log. It's not,
1: it's not great. It's like wide receiver uh, 60, 61, 64, something like
0: that. Half PPR, he's had 11 fantasy points, 9.5, and 5.3. So he's trending the wrong direction. Four targets, nine targets, six targets, three catches, five catches, 33 catches. He scored a touchdown opening day. He has yet to since. He's not really getting the rushing attempts just one, two, and one, 27, 64, and 33 yards coming up for the Rams. Arizona going to be a shootout at Seattle, going to be a shootout. Giants, we'll see what happens there Um, at Houston, Tennessee, San Francisco, and then a bye. So the Rams are going to be just fine. But look, if Cooper Cup's healthy, that's where it's going to go. And I think it unfortunately sheds, sheds a dark cloud over Robert Woods and that I didn't even bring him up in the game recap. <laughs> this was a shootout. It you know, uh 58 points scored in this game and I didn't even mention Robert Woods because unfortunately he is unmentionable. Him and Allen Robinson were my two guys in the middle rounds, man. 3rd, 4th round PPR leagues, those are my like must draft players in those rounds. Neither one of them are even usable right now. Absolutely baffling. Let's get to our final game here, Jordan. Seahawks Vikings Vikings get the upset here 30 to 17. As a Niners fan, this is a huge, huge win for the Vikings because my Niners go down later that night. But during the day, I was like, yo, the Niners can get past the Packers. Now we got a game up on the Seahawks. Obviously, the Niners lose as well, but always good when your division mates lose. Also, big win here for the Vikings, though, coming off of two tough losses earlier. Kirk Cousins stays hot, 323. And three touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. Alexander Madison fills in for Dalvin Cook, 160 total yards. He's had a couple duds over the years filling in for Dalvin Cook. This one was a massive blowout here, 160 total yards. DK Metcalf, six catches, 107 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett got rolled up in this one on his ankle. He missed a couple snaps, came back though, thankfully. So he should be just fine. Um, again, I thought there was going to be more fireworks in this game. Ah, uh, but the Vikings get a, a huge one here, thirty to seventeen.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is we expected a little bit more from the the Seahawks offense. I think. I mean, we expected it to be issued out. Neither defense has been great uh, so far. Um, a quiet day from Chris Carson. Quiet day for the most part from Tyler Lockett. Uh, but I mean, if you're if your fancy guys are going up against the Seahawks defense, I mean you. You got to start him. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a great day. Justin Jefferson had a great day. I mean, relatively a quiet day for Adam Thielen. Um, But, I mean, your backup running back, I mean, Madison's been great. He's been a handcuff for years to Dalvin Cook, but has never really been that guy when he's even had the chance. I mean, this week goes up against the Seahawks defense and puts up a ton of yardage, 112 on the ground, a week after Derrick Henry, you know, blew them out in the second half as well. I'm not saying that Madison's Derrick Henry, but my point is exactly that: that if your running back's going up against the Seahawks defense, as long as it's not like Mike Davis, I'd start him, or, or uh, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Of course, we just talked about that too.
0: Man, you remember Mike Davis? I'm old enough to remember when Mike Davis was the big pickup in the the fifth or sixth round. Was, yep. Those were the days. <laughs> All right, man, we have one question here that we didn't get to earlier that I wanted to hold to the end. So, Streak, I appreciate you uh, holding tight, my man. Question for you, Jordan. We don't know the format, so we default to half PPR when that's the case. Trade question here from my man Streak on YouTube. Would you do Amari Cooper, Antonio Gibson, and Kyle Pitts for Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt? Already has Mahomes, so looking for that Chief stack. Again, would you trade away Amari Cooper, Antonio Gibson, and Kyle Pitts? and receive Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt if you already have Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, and in a half PPR or full PPR format, I'm going to take the, the Kelsey Hunt side of this trade, um, especially with Mahomes. Like, obviously, that stack where you now have any time that Kelsey scores, it's coming from Mahomes unless Tyreek's throwing a trick play. Uh, but uh, in a standard, I mean, it gets a little bit closer in that Gibson's not currently involved a lot in that Washington football pass offense so hasn't been getting the targets. Whereas uh, Kareem hunt obviously does. Um, but I mean, I don't see the Pitts breakout really coming. We've had three weeks so far we've mentioned and talked about how rookie tight ends don't ever really break out in their rookie seasons. Um, and so if, if you can get Kelsey, who's been, I think, prior to this year uh, or sorry, this past week was like the wide receiver three so far. And you get to play the <laughs> wide receiver three in your tight end slot. Yeah. Uh, yeah they, like I definitely take that uh, and give up a hobble to Amari. Cooper is currently being overtaken by CD lamb and that Dallas offense Gibson, who hasn't been involved in the past game um, in Washington and Pitts, who hasn't broken out in Atlanta's offense when they're you know going to be passing a lot being down so far.
0: I agree. I would take this trade here. I would take hunt and, Kelsey, but the reality is, if Amari gets right, if Gibson starts taking off, and if Pitts blows up, you're going to get crushed in this trade. So I want you to be realistic here. On if you're like a three and O team or two and one, and you have other guys, and you're just looking for extra firepower with Kelsey, and then hit or miss on Hunt, yes, I would do it. Uh, but if you're zero and two or zero and three, or you're one and two, I would hold strong with all these other weapons and and cross your fingers here. With Mahomes, you're probably not winless, but. Just want to put that in perspective because Amari Cooper did blow up in week one. Antonio Gibson could blow up moving forward. And Kyle Pitts, although it may not happen for a while, I do think it happens eventually. It's just a matter of time. He's getting the looks. The Falcons just aren't scoring touchdowns. Him and Ridley, if they score, we're having a totally different conversation here. So be patient on that. I would do it as of this week, but just know this one could backfire on you. So I think it depends on your uh, season outlook as of right now. All right, Jordan, that's going to wrap up another lengthy one here. These episodes will calm down a little bit once we get to uh, bye weeks and things. But uh, as of right now, they are lengthy episodes because we have all games that we are bringing into. So I want to make sure everybody is please following us on all of our platforms. Again, please make sure to follow us on all the TCK pod platforms, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, Believe Podcast Networks, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave us a rate and review. I know every podcast says that. It really does help us not only get the word out, but it also gives us feedback. I read through every one of those comments, and I can't tell you the amount of feedback that we've gotten over the years of, like, better audio. So we increased audio. Let's get some guests on. We got some guests on. How about some co-hosts? Well, I gathered up some co-hosts. Now we bring you excellent content. I appreciate the feedback. Or just give us a thumbs up, whatever. It really helps us out. Please do that wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to follow us on the Fantasy Focus Football Facebook page, YouTube page, Twitter account, and also on Twitch. Give us a subscribe and a thumbs up there. Hit that bell so you can catch us every Sunday morning for the Start Sit Show. We will give you three hours of content here every Sunday, streaming live right here, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, make sure you go hit up our sponsors, the Jersey Jungle. You heard at the beginning, all episodes of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast are brought to you by Bet Online play action pools and of course the rest of our sponsors with the believe podcast network. Jordan it's always a pleasure man another lengthy one thank you for breaking down the week 3 recap and looking ahead to week 4. Bobby will be back with you with our man Bucks and I'll be back with you with Chris Benavides later on in this week. Hope you're having a wonderful wonderful week. If you'd like to hear my tribute to Mike Taglier, please dial it back a couple of episodes. We'll catch you next time from my man Jordan De La Valley. I am Sky Guasco. We will catch you next time. We are